praise God. So we're talking about total restoration today. Amen. Amen. So God wants us to be fulfilled. How many of you want the fulfillment of God? The fulfillment. Amen. Hallelujah. The fulfillment. You know, the fulfillment of God's plan is what he has for you. It's not plan B. It's plan A. See, everybody looked up and said, oh, it's plan A, the fulfillment of God. Total restoration, total fulfillment. Amen. Life, health. Uh, blessings, family, children, grandchildren, all of these things, you know, God has for those who desire his plan and his purpose for their life. Total fulfillment, the fullness of God. The fullness of God is in total fulfillment. It's him in his fullness. It's all of his plans, all of what he wants us to have you know god is thinking about us all the time how many of you believe that amen god is thinking about us all the time you know and his thoughts towards us are good good thoughts he wants to give us a future and hope and this is what he lives for if you look that up in the in the uh greek and the hebrew and you'll see that his expected end is what he started in the garden in the beginning for us to have total fulfillment before sin came. And God is going to turn that back. He's going to turn back the captivity of his people. And I'm telling you, he is going to give us our expected end. Amen. But we have a part and he has a part. He can do this all by himself, but you have to believe it. It's done all by faith. Amen faith and expectation you get what you believe god see if we start thinking right about god if our thoughts toward him were good then we'd see our expected end but we we think wrong about about god we do job thought wrong about god you know and this is why he had that confrontation with his friends his religious buddies because his thoughts about god were wrong he thought god was his problem god wasn't his problem most of us when we get into a little trial have a little tribulation have a few problems we start to think god is our problem now how many of you can honestly say god why won't you do this and god why don't you and god if you would just do this and we start to think god is our problem god is not our problem he's going to give us our expected end a future and a hope this is what he lives for you know it says that his desire is to give us what we want amen his desire is to give us his plan and his purpose for our lives and it's all good god does not have you know he's thinking about us all the time even when we do wrong he's thinking good about us See, if we would get our perspective about God right, amen? But see, what we do is we want God to gimme, 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 and we think that's all he's supposed to do. But God wants a relationship with us because he loves us, amen? But he wants to give us everything pertaining to life and godliness. He wants to give you everything that you want, everything that you desire. See, only God can totally fulfill us. 
Man can't do it. Stuff can't do it. Money can't do it. Amen. God is the only true fulfillment. He's the eternal fulfillment. The complete fulfillment. He's complete. He completes us and we complete him. And so God is going to give us our expected end. Amen. But how do you get it? By expecting him to come through for you. Amen. Amen. Jesus at the gate, beautiful, that man, he expected God to give him his sight. Amen. The woman with the issue of blood, she expected God because she had, she had done the doctors. She had done the money thing, and it didn't work for her. So God was her last hope. Have you ever been there? Amen. <laughs> so this is your, your, all we have to do is expect God to be truthful to his word. Amen. All of those people, you know, Sarah, she doubted God for a minute. But, you know, they said, the Bible says that she, uh, what is that? She pr- proved him faithful. She judged him faithful. See, we judge God wrongly because we don't expect him to come through for us but sarah judged him faithful because she saw that her plan b wasn't working and when we start to understand that god is the total and true and one fulfillment then we will start to expect more know his character get to know him and to understand him you know know what he means to us understand how much he loves us you know knowing the father's love that brings great expectation. Amen. But all of these people in the Bible, this is just not a, because a lot of them didn't expect. Gideon was a big coward. Amen. And he didn't expect God to come through for him. You know, cut, 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 cut your people. But how can we do this with a few? Oh, well, I need is a few good men. <laughs> yeah, listen to that. Amen. Amen. <laughs> But God can do a lot through a a chosen few. Amen. He can do a lot with a few. All he needs is the dedicated hearts and the minds of the people. So God wants us to see total fulfillment in our lives. Hallelujah. In other words, God wants total restoration in your life. He wants everything we've been waiting on. He wants to give it to you. Amen. He wants everything that we've been waiting on. He wants it to show up big time. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Let's go to Galatians 6, 9. A familiar scripture. Galatians 6, 9. It says, and let us not grow weary while doing good. For in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. If we don't faint. If you don't give up. If you don't quit. If you don't start to expect and turn this thing around, you won't receive the goodness of God. It's all in how you think. Amen. It's all in what you know, who you know, whose you are and who you are. Who do you say I am? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, everything that God has promised us, is in our benefits package. Amen. You know, God gives uh, good benefits 
Hallelujah. What's that scripture? Benefit. Psalms. Yeah. What does it say? Yeah, right. He, what, which one is that? Okay. He daily loads us with benefits, you know. And so God is always thinking about blessing us. In fact, he's already done all these wonderful things that we hope and bow, God, please. It's already done. It's in your benefits package. Amen. He's already done it. Do you not conceive it or perceive it can you not understand that you serve a great big god he's way too big to not give you what you've asked amen the harvest you know i was telling you earlier about the harvest the vision of the harvest that god gave me and that cornfield was just so many uh stalks of corn and when I got a closer look it was little faces in each stalk of corn and so you know this great harvest is is just wonderful but you have to have a vision for the harvest and even if you don't God is still going to have his way he's going to have his way (laughs) God is going to have his way amen and these things that we've forgotten some of the prayers you know God remembers every prayer he probably has a title and a theme and a name on all this is just me on every one of them but he remembers every petition every prayer especially those that was done in faith but if we don't get it right away god is god's not with you. he's just a mean god and we we expect him to come a different way or we just don't expect him to do anything because we judge him wrong you know we don't understand um how god and why god does nobody clearly understands but if you know the love of god then that's all he wants us to understand then all you have to do is expect him to come through for you the love of god it gets rid of the fear it gets rid of doubt and unbelief and see this is why we judge god wrongly like job did you know we don't judge him right because we don't understand his great and powerful love amen and sometimes we just don't feel love and sometimes you may not but this is something you're gonna have to know you have to go with your knowing amen amen you gotta go with what you know and when you know he loves you you know he's you'll think right about it and we think wrong about god amen you gotta think right about god amen because he thinks right about us the Bible says his thoughts towards us are good all the time. His God's his word his thoughts toward us are peace and not evil to bring us our expected end. I can't say it enough. I can't say it enough. Amen. And even more, abundance, total fulfillment is the fullness of God. Everything that you have ever hoped and was afraid to hope and dream for, those things that you think you cannot do, you will. And you can because you must. Amen. You will do it. When you think you can't, that's when you can because grace comes in and helps you. Grace don't give you an excuse for sin. Some of these grace messages are scary. 
you know people want to believe the easiest thing for them and you know they don't want to put in a lot of hard work but you get out what you put in amen and so we need to trust hope and faith as part of putting in amen did i read galatians 6 9 i think i did let us not grow weary while doing good for in due season we will reap if we do not lose heart if we do not faint if you don't quit due season will find you amen seed time and harvest will always remain hallelujah and so the you know uh what's that amos 9 says you know the plowman shall overtake the reaper that's what i saw in that vision god gave me the plowman over and it was so many people just watching wanting to get involved and they were just looking saying when they found out what was going on they joined parked their cars and jumped out and went down and and started to and they weren't gleaning amen they were harvesting amen forgotten things that were you know that were was on your heart and things between you and god that and don't ever think that your 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 hopes and your dreams and your visions or whatever i don't get caught up in those kind of things but don't ever think they can outdo god's thinking you can't think a thought bigger than god (laughs) you can't amen none of your your dreams and your thoughts and your hopes and your petitions scare god nor do they shock him and so they're not too big for him to bring uh into fruition it's just not nothing is too too big for him amen because he's god and he created all things and he put those things inside of you amen for in due season you shall reap if you do not faith amen and you know what this scripture you know to me it it helps us to know and understand where we are and it it kind of lets me know that the finish line is visible amen anybody know that hallelujah you have to see it if you can't see it you can't imagine it in your wildest dreams you have to be able to see it have a vision amen so that you can expect god to come through for you amen we must be determined to see it if you can't see it be determined to see it amen just like the the man that elisha the servant he sent out and he said do you see a cloud no i don't see it go back go back tell yourself go back because if god said it it's so amen hallelujah oh i see it it's cloud's about to, as big as a man's hand but it's there and that's i believe what time it is time for the abundance can you hear the abundance of rain amen can you hear it hallelujah so you have to be determined to see it well it just ain't worth it it's worth it to god amen it's worth it to god if he put that thing in your heart, it's worth it to him. See, we want things that's going to build us up and make us look good. That's what we want. That's what we have the vision for. I have that vision. <laughs> but do you have the vision for what God wants for you? 
Amen. Did it come from God or did it come from you? Many of us have sown for so long, and we feel like we need to take a break. Anybody been there? Anybody there? Amen. See, when when you feel like you need to take a break, this is the time to push the hardest. Push the hardest. Push to the finish line. Amen. Push to the finish line. You got to receive your harvest. God wants us to have total fulfillment, past promises, past petitions, those things that we've forgotten. God didn't forget it. But you've got to push through. God's going to give you his expected end for you. Amen. I'm, I'm getting there, girl. <laughs> Why don't we turn to Jeremiah 29, 11? She okay. She just wants something in her mouth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Avis, I'm going to need your... Um, Jeremiah 29. And I think, you know, this is a time where we need to set our spiritual compass so that we'll be accurate in the spirit and receive. So it's, kind of, it's, it's a time for, for us to fine-tune what God is doing in this hour. Amen. Hallelujah. Jeremiah 29-11. It says, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not evil, to give you a future and a hope. And that's an expected end. Hallelujah. Verse 12 says, Then you will, then you will call up upon me and, and go and pray to me, and I will listen. See, in other words, when you get your expectation right, when you start to understand that God is not your enemy and he, his thoughts towards you are right and pure and good all the time, he says, then you come and pray because you come in to pray with a right understanding, a right heart, and he said, and a right in faith, faith in your heart. He says, and I hear you, and then you'll receive. He won't turn away from you. Amen. Hallelujah. So in that word, oh, okay, I'm not done. In 14 it says, and I will be found by you. In other words, let me go back. I missed something. Let's go back to 13. It says, and you will seek me and find me, and you search for me with all of your heart. And that means to follow after, like a deer pant for water. <laughs> you need to be want God. Amen. Not Flabio or whatever his name is. We're, we're over that, right? Like a deer pant for water. We need to be following after God. Hallelujah. It says, I will be found by you, saith the Lord, and I will bring you back from your captivity. Amen. And I will gather you from all the nations. And from all the places where I have driven you, saith the Lord, and I will bring you to the place from which I cause you to be carried away captive. Amen. Now, if you look at that word, that word captivity has uh, a couple different meanings. 
And in this text, he's talking about that former state of prosperity. And that's where he's going to bring you back to the former state of prosperity. Well, what is that? It's the like it was in the beginning, in the garden. See, God didn't intend on sin and, and hiding with the, with the leaves. Amen. <laughs> so he's going to bring us back us back to that place where he says God made man on the sixth day and he blessed them. And then he said be fruitful and multiply. So he's going to do multiply us and bless us. And this is our expected end. Amen. It's a future and a hope. This is the thing that he lives for. You got to believe that. If we hear it enough, we'll believe it. Tell it to yourself. Everybody repeat after me. God is going to give me, God is going to give me my, expected end. my expected end. Amen. Tell yourself this every day. Hallelujah. Amen. This is what he lives for. This is his heart's desire. He wants to give you this. He's saying to, to us, you need me to give you this more than you could ever know. Yes. Amen. Former state of captivity. Total fulfillment. Health and wealth. Nothing missing or broken. Amen. Yes. Family. And this not, is just not for you. It's for your family. Salvations for your sisters and brothers. Amen. Uncles and aunts. Healing. You'll start to see change. Amen. See, this is not the time to hide and watch. This is the time to get visible and see the salvation of the Lord. Amen. And you're looking for it because you believe it and you're expecting it. And when you expect it, you'll see it. Amen. Now, there's going to be some people to walk away and say, eh, I didn't get nothing from that. It's because you won't change how you think. You gotta, you gotta expect change. Are you uh, concerned and a little bit nervous about it? Yeah. But does more of you believe it than not believe it? Yes. I think there's something to this. I believe God is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all I could ever ask or think according to the faith that's working on the inside of me. Amen. Hallelujah. God is going to have his way, and I'm more than willing to let him. Amen. Hallelujah. We said that God is the only true source of fulfillment. It ain't all the stuff you think, because all we need is God. See, all Adam and Eve had in the garden was God, and, we, and it was enough for them until the devil came along with the temptation. Amen. Amen. And God is not our problem. Let's go to Job, uh, Job 42. I just want to read this scripture. There's Job. Uh, in your, Avis, in your, I forgot to ask you for the, but did it, did it say a future and a hope? In on that um in your or did it say an expected end? If you don't mind going back. 
I did want to read that. And then we'll go to Job 42.10. Y'all know what it is. Oh, oh, yeah, that's right. Final outcome. I like that. It says, For I know the thoughts and plans that I have for you, saith the Lord. Thoughts and plans for welfare and peace and not for evil to give you hope in the final outcome. And then you will call upon me and you will come and pray to me and I will hear you and heed you. Then you will seek me, inquire for and require me as a vital necessity and find me. That's the deer panting for the water. Amen. (laughs) Hallelujah. It says, and when you search for me with all your heart, you'll find me. Okay, thanks. Hallelujah. Job 42. Let's start at verse 1. It says, Then Job answered the Lord and said, I know that you can do everything. It's good when you come to that conclusion. That's when all your plan B's don't work. And you see in so many years you've not gotten any further. Because perhaps we've not been hearing Amen. See, the gates, ear gate and the eye gate, this is how you know and see and understand. Amen. So you have to you have to watch what goes in and what comes out. You can't listen to every voice and listen to God, too. won't work. You just can't. You can't listen to your flesh that tells you that God wants you to do specific things. You've got to be open. And, and don't have any plans. That's what the Lord told me. He said, don't have any plans. I'll make your plans. I'm like, okay. Did I like it? No. But his plan was the best plan for me. Amen. <laughs> so Job answered, and this was after all of his affliction. He says, um, I know that you can do everything and that no purpose of yours and that means plan and purpose of yours can be withheld from you hallelujah verse 3 says you ask who is this who hides counsel without knowledge i just love that scripture (laughs) in in other words he means no revelation see job didn't have any revelation into what god was doing you know why he was in the flesh, mad and angry at God. And see, when you're angry and you think something is due you, then you get ahead of God. Or you can't see what God is doing for all of that anticipating the wrong thing at the wrong time, in the wrong way. Therefore, I have uttered. What I did not understand. You see what Job is telling God? In other words, this is a a repentance offer. Verse 4 says, listen, please, and let me speak. You said, I will question you, you and you shall answer me. I have heard of you by the hearing of the word. So in other words, he's telling God, you know what, God, I'm listening now. After all of this trouble. I'm listening now. And so he says, I know you for sure now from the hearing of the word. 
Amen. In other words, I have ears to hear now because I'm not so much listening to these other religious people that's talking their stuff. Don't know what they're talking about. Amen. Because they killed the son of God. What did they know? <laughs> it's good to get religion out of your system. Then you can hear and, and think and say. He says, in five, I have heard of you by the hearing of the word. In other words, I know you personally now. He says, but now my eyes see you. See, because what you hear, you'll see. Therefore, I abhor myself. <laughs> in other words, I'm sick of me. You ever been there? It's a good place to be when you get sick of yourself. Whew. He says, and repent in dust and ashes. You know, sackcloth and ashes. He says, and so it was after the Lord had spoken these words to Job that the Lord said to Eliphaz, was that Eliphaz the Tenemite? He says, my wrath is aroused against you. See, when you humble yourself and you let God fight for you, he knows how to do it really well. So God says, I, my, my anger has been aroused against you and your two friends. For you have not spoken of me what is right, as my servant Job has. See, in other words, he sees what's really on the inside of these men, and they meant Job no good. It says here, now therefore take for yourself seven bulls and seven rams. Go to my servant Job and offer up for yourselves a burnt offering. And my servant Job shall pray for you. In other words, he the man, he the man. So you go and you, you give an a, a offering up to him. Because he has the wisdom and the, the knowledge. He don't need you, you need him. See how God turned, that's called a turnaround. <laughs> and God would do, we would see this more often if we would get out of ourselves, so full of ourselves. And so it says God offered, made them offer up offerings to, to Job. It says, for I will accept him, least I deal with you according to your folly. We don't ever want God to deal with us according to our folly. Because you have not spoken of me what is right, as my servant Job had. Now, see, in the beginning when Job was sitting there listening to them wasting away and scratching his boils, he was listening to all that religious jargon. All of that stuff, I know, and I know the word, you know, that kind of stuff. God speaks to me. When you say that, you might as well shut up because you're telling everybody I don't hear from God. I hear from a, a familiar spirit. Sound like God, smell like God, look like God, but it ain't him. And everybody know it but you. It's just the way it is. See, pride will blind you. Sin will make you stupid. It always does. Amen. Verse 9 says, So Elijah the Tenemite, and Bildad the Shuhite, and Zophar the, the Nananite, fight, whatever, said, went and did as the Lord commanded them, for the Lord had accepted Job. 
and the Lord restored. And this is the, the verse that you need to, it need to flash like a neon sign to you. And the Lord restored Job's losses when he prayed for his friends. That means that when he gave up his theories, you know, he stopped, he stopped, what is that word, uh, reasoning with his religious friends. And he get, gave up his flesh, his plans, his thoughts, his purposes. He gave that up and repented. He says that he prayed for his friends. Indeed, the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. Now, see, this was total restoration, total fulfillment. Amen. See, when you're totally restored, everything is multiplied more than it was in the beginning. In other words, its previous state is multiplied more. Amen. Total fulfillment. The fullness of God. We can't stand. We ain't seen the, fu- the fullness of God yet. It would knock us over. Amen. And see, worry, fear, um, selfishness, all of these things are wrapped up in that and it, you let it go. Because we understand and know now that God knows what's best for us and he loves us. And it's his heart's desire to give us the desires of our heart. Amen. And we start to know and understand that. Did I get to 17 yet? No, I got to keep reading. And it says here in 11, then all his brothers, all his sisters, and all those who had been his acquaintances before came to him and ate food with him in his house. And they consoled him and comforted him for all the adversary, uh, I'm sorry, for all the adversity that the Lord had brought upon him. And each one gave him a piece of silver and each a ring of gold. And now the Lord blessed the latter days. Are you here? And now the Lord blessed the latter days of Job. See, amen. When you get your expected end, your latter will be better than your beginning. That's what an expected end is. It's a future and a hope. Amen. And so this is what, this, this scripture is working right along with Jeremiah 29, 11. I know the thoughts that I have towards you, thoughts of peace and not evil to bring you an expected end, a future and a hope. This is my heart's desire. And so this is what he wanted for Job all along. But Job let his flesh get in the way. And so some things were taken. Because he wouldn't listen to reason. He'd rather listen to man and listen to his goofy thought process than to listen to the voice of God. Amen. So he blessed the latter days of Job more than his beginning. For he had 14,000 sheep, 6,000 camels, 1,000 yoke of oxen, and 1,000 female donkeys. And he also had seven sons and three daughters more than before (laughs) verse 14 and he called the name of the first jeremiah the name the second kiziah i thought that was kizzy for a minute and the name of the third karen hepuk it says in 15 in all the land were found no women so beautiful as his daughters of job and their father gave them an inheritance among their brothers hallelujah 
See, he gave his daughters inheritance like he gave the sons. Are y'all here? Amen. And their father gave them an inheritance among their brothers. And after this, Job lived 140 years and saw his children and grandchildren for four generations. He lived longer than Moses, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Verse 17 says, so Job died old and full of days. Amen. My father used to tell us when we were young, Job was the oldest man. He was the ancient of days. And I want to say, not quite, Daddy. Not quite. Jesus was the ancient of days, but Job was second. (laughs) But he would say that because he lived so long. Amen. So his, his ending was better than his beginning. This is what you need to let sink in and expect it in. A future and a hope. This is my heart's desire to give you uh, a better ending than your beginning was. It won't be rough all the time. Amen. But it's time to rejoice when the people rejoice. Amen. Hallelujah. The people in the city have to rejoice. Amen. You must. You got to do it. Go back to Jeremiah 30. Jeremiah 30, verse 3. It says, For behold, the days are coming, saith the Lord, that I will bring back the captivity, there it is, of my people Israel and Judah. Amen. Israel and Judah. Now, you know, there was a replacement theory back in the 90s that said that the church was spiritual Israel. And that's not right. I never believed that because I had read it. And see, you have to be careful and read things for yourself. So the church is not spiritual Israel. Israel has its destiny and the church has his. Amen. But when you see, it says Israel and Judah, and that's why God made that distinction so we wouldn't get it mixed up. Don't get it twisted. So the church is is Judah because Jesus is the lion of the tribe of Judah. Amen. And that's where we were grafted in. Amen. So Judah, it's me and you. So it says, for behold, I'm in verse 3, the days are coming, saith the Lord, that I will bring back from captivity, from your former state of prosperity, my people Israel and Judah. Hallelujah, saith the Lord. And I will cause them to return to the land that I gave to their fathers, and they shall possess it. In other words, God's original, original plan for them, when, they gave, when he gave the forefathers that land, that plan is still in effect. Yeah, amen. amen. The original plan that was in the garden where he said subdue and multiply and take dominion, that plan is still in effect. And this is bringing us back to our former captivity. This is where God is saying, I'm going to bring you back to that former state so that you can rule and reign on this earth like it was always intended in the garden. Amen. It was always intended for that to be. 
That's God's original plan for you to multiply, to subdue, to take dominion over, to rule and to reign because you are a a priest and, and, and a royal priesthood. You're royalty, a holy nation, amen, a chosen generation. These, all these things, we're going to see this in that expected end. These are the things that God has lived for. Amen. He created this in the beginning in the garden. Hallelujah. Verse 4 says, And now these are the words that the Lord spoke concerning Israel and Judah. And it says, for verse 5, But thus saith the Lord, We have heard a voice of trembling, of fear and not of peace. Ask now and see whether a man is ever in labor with child. So why do I See every man with his hands on his loins, like a mother in labor, and all faces turned pale. Alas, for that day is great, so that none is like it, and it is the time of Jacob's trouble. But he shall be saved out of it, for it shall come to pass in that day, saith the Lord of hosts, that I will break this yoke, break his yoke from your neck. See, in other words, God is is making us independent again because we went back into bondage. And he says, I'm breaking you free, free from man's control, free from man's reign, free from manipulation, all that witchcraft. He says, I'm setting you back high. See, he's talking about his peculiar people, his holy nation, his royal priesthood. He wants you to rule and reign again. Take your rightful position in this earth amen because we've let people push us off and push us around manipulate and tell us we don't know things and tell us that we're you know you can't do that yes you can because you have god god opens doors that no man can open and close doors that no man can close he's the righteous judge and he's going to judge every person according to his works amen but i'm telling you god it's going to have his way. Amen. And you don't have to try to convince people of who you are. <laughs> God will show them. You get your heart right. God will show them who you are. Amen. So he's going to bring back the captivity of his people, Israel and Judah. And that's all those who were grafted in to the blessing, to, to the Abraham's covenant blessing with god we were grafted in through jesus christ through abraham first and then jesus and jesus wrote it in blood so that it cannot be taken back amen god's gonna have his way if you believe it you gotta believe this stuff amen if this is just bible to you you will never have your expected end jeremiah go down to verse 17 It says, for I will restore health to you and heal you of your wounds. That's all your hurts, all that mental manipulation that you allowed. God says, I'm going to help you with that. I'm going to restore you back to health. And that's nothing missing or broken. Total healing. Total health. Amen. I, I, uh, above all. I wish that you would prosper, be in health, even as your soul prosper. This, what, is that John, 1 John 3, 2? 3 John 3. 
And so, you know, every, every scripture connects. This gospel is a connecting force. And it cannot be broken. It's been tried and it's true. Amen. Hallelujah. I'll restore health to you and heal you of your wounds, saith the Lord, because they called you an outcast, saying, This is Zion. No one seeks her. Amen. <laughs> Sound familiar? <laughs> 19. I think I'm in 19. Oh, I'm in 18. It says, Thus saith the Lord, Behold, I will bring back the captivity of Jacob's tents and have mercy on his dwelling places. The city shall be built upon its own mound. It's your foundation. Amen. It's got to be on a foundation, right foundation. And the palace shall remain according to its own plan. See, everybody's not included in this thing. Amen. Some people are. You got to know who you are, where you are at this time, who these people were. It says, the city shall be built upon its own mound, and the place shall remain according to its own The palace shall remain according to its own plan. And then out of them shall proceed thanksgiving and the voice of those who make merry. I will multiply them and they shall not diminish. And I will also glorify them and they shall not be small. Amen. And their children shall also shall be before. And their congregation shall be established before me. And I will punish all who oppress them. Amen. I'll go a little further. Their nobles shall be from among them, and their governor shall come from the midst. And then I will cause him to draw near, and he shall approach me. For who is this who who pledges, is that pledged, his heart to approach me, saith the Lord? You shall be my people, and I will be your God. God's going to have his way. Flip over to 32, verse 27. Jeremiah 32, verse 27. Let's go to 26. It says, Then the Lord, the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah, saying, Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. That's deep. Amen. <laughs> Is there anything too hard for me? Amen. you got to connect the dots. Hallelujah. Verse 28. Therefore, thus saith the Lord, Behold, I, I will give this city into the hands of the Chaldeans, into the hand of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, and it shall take it, and he shall take it. I'm not going to read the rest because I don't want to get off the subject. Let's go over to Joel 2. Trying to wind it down. Hallelujah. Book of Joel. I'm not finding it. I got it. Okay, Joel 2, 21. It says, Fear not, O land, be glad and rejoice, for the Lord has done marvelous things. Amen. Do not be afraid, you beast of the field, for the open pastures are springing up. 
Isn't that something? The open pastures are springing up. Harvest time. Hallelujah. Let's see, where am I at? It says, and the tree bears its fruit. Mm -mm -mm. The fig tree and the vine yields their strength. Be glad then, you, you children of Zion. And rejoice in the Lord your God, for he has given you the former rain faithfully. And he will cause the rain to come down for you. Hallelujah. The former rain. The autumn rain. Amen. And And the latter rain in the first month. The threshing floor shall be full of wheat. See, it depends on the time and season. Now is the time and season to receive. God's given us the former and the latter rank together. Amen. In these days. Amen. Spring rain is right before harvest. Amen. And it says, let's see, where am I at? And the vet shall overflow with new wine and oil. So you see that word overflow. That word overflow is where you want to put your name in. Amen. See, in other words, God said, look, it's been a lot of sowing and reaping. It says, now the reaper shall overthrow the plowsman. And that's why it talks about the thrashing floors. Amen. And all of these things God has given us overflow maybe you feel like you don't feel like overflow maybe you feel like it's been underflow for you amen but god's gonna change that that's what he's saying amen hallelujah quick blessings verse 23 says quick blessings gonna be quick blessings it says be glad then you children of zion and rejoice in the lord your god he has given you the former rain faithfully but see now he's gonna behold he do a new thing The former and the latter together. Amen. Quick blessings. Planting time and harvest at the same time. People reaping before it's planted. I believe God has taken back America. America's coming back to God. (laughs) Amen. Salvation of prodigals. Return Return of things that were broken. Broken promises, broken hearts, fixed. A turning, a turnaround, a changing of the guard. Amen. Well, you don't have to do nothing but be faithful to God. Amen. You've planted word. You've planted the seed. Now it's time to yield a harvest. You know what? It's always been time. It's always been time. Amen. It's always been time. Hallelujah. 25, and I will restore to you the years that the swarming locust has eaten. It's restoration of prodigals. The crawling locust. The consuming locust. And the chewing locust, my great army, which I sent among you. You know, let the weeds and the taff grow together and I'll separate. Amen. And really, uh, God in this, in the book of Joel, is talking about God's final judgment uh, before the coming age. But 
it also is talking about now and i'll show that to you in a minute it says you shall eat in plenty and be satisfied and praise the name of the lord your god who has dealt wondrously with you amen Amen. and my people shall never be put to shame and it's a when you hear god talk about your shame that's a twofold recompense two and two twofold recompense gotta love this <laughs> amen you gotta love it hallelujah because it's all good twofold recompense let me see where's that scripture did i write that down go to luke 4 thank god i wrote that down but i didn't quite forget where it was but you know me You know, it's time, and let's see, I think it's Isaiah 54, where it talks about lengthen your cords. And, it, and that means expect God. Expect him to come through for you. Expect him to do something different. Amen? But it's all, you know, what? It, it, it really is, it's renewing your mind. Starting to believe what's real and come out of fantasy. Amen. Hallelujah. Clean up your thinking for restoration. Because you can have it now. This is what God is saying. If you don't hear anything else, say, think about this. God is thinking good thoughts toward you. Thoughts of peace and not evil to bring you an expected end. He's bringing his people back to the captivity or to their captivity or to the place that he intended them to be in the beginning god is thinking right towards you but we don't think right towards him we need to repent amen and god is saying i'm doing all of these things but you can have it now and in in luke 4 let's see verse 16 this is Jesus talking. And this is this is when he started his ministry. Then Jesus, I think this is the right one, 16. Yeah. Is it so he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up and as his customs were, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. Amen. He was the reader. Verse 17, and he handed the book to the prophet Isaiah. Look who was around. This is some good stuff here. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. And this is also in Isaiah 61.1. It says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted. Now just think about it. He's in the church. And they handed him the book, and he stood up, and he opened his ministry with this scripture. I love it. Hallelujah. He's proclaimed proclaimed liberty to the captives and recovery to the sight, to the blind, and to set at liberty those who are oppressed and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Now, which we know is Jubilee. But who's going to wait on that? 
A lot of people, because they're waiting that jubilee thing. That's in the wealth transfer. But God says you can have everything you want now. Amen? Because he's going to have his way. Look, if you couldn't have it now, what's all these blessings and promises about? We got to believe one thing or another. So, you know, the world waits on jubilee. But I know that God says... We can have it now. Amen. Verse 20 says, Then he closed the book and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. (laughs) So he just stood up and said that. I just got to read it one more time. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Can you imagine that? Because he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, proclaim liberty to those captives, and to return the sight to the blind, and to set at liberty those who are oppressed, and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Man, he said a lot in just those few words. So he closed the book because he was finished talking to them. Amen. Now it was time for signs and wonders and great and mighty deeds. <laughs> he had nothing else to say to them church people. Because that was too much for them. They didn't get that. They didn't get that. <laughs> Hallelujah. So verse 20 says, Then he closed the book and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were faced on him like, who does he think he is? We came to get a feel-good sermon because we want to dance and run around the church. He says, you ain't getting that from me because I came here on a mission. And I know my purpose because I know my God. Amen. It's good when you know what you're doing, people will not like you. I'm telling you. They don't like you when you know what you're supposed to be doing. They want you to be in wonderland so they can fix an idea. But, honey, when you already know where you're going and what you're doing and what you're doing is working, people don't like you. I'm telling you, I know that. Verse 21 says, and he began to say to them today, and this is important, today, y'all know what today is? Today this scripture is fulfilled. In your ears. Amen. So all the witnesses, all women, so all bore witness to him and marveled at the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth. And they were said, and and they said, is this Joseph's son? Is that what that says? You see how we, see that's why he said what he said and he closed the book. Because he didn't cast his pearls before them religious people. Because see, but by the time they're going to twist it to mean what they want it to mean. That's how religion is. It don't ever stop. That's the oldest demon there is. On this earth is religion. And it don't quit. You got to make that thing leave you alone. You coming out, you got to make it leave you alone. Against all odds. You got to make that thing quit talking to you because it's not going to stop. You got to cut that thing off and cut its head because it's going to always tell you that you're in control. You the smartest. You the greatest. That's what it does. It's, called, it's full of pride, but it hides. 
And God hides pride from his people. Amen. But it's going to always pull you from under and try to put you on top without you paying the price. That's what it's for. It doesn't want you to pay the price. Because if it catches you paying the price, you might start believing God and get blessed. Amen. And then, and see, this is why God always uses humble people to confound the wisdom of the wise. But that's that religious thing. And it's going to give, it keeps a checks and balance system. It's always checking on folk. Make sure they doing right. Like who, who died and left you God, the checker of all great things. See how that thing does? And see, it, it doesn't let you, hum, it, it don't want you to be humble. It tells you you're humble, but it ain't going to let you stay there because it'll come up with something new, some new idea to let you think that you're a cut above the rest. And that's that I just described the Pharisees. And they didn't like him because he was short. He didn't put up with foolishness. And they always said he was mean. And they really thought he was mean when he kicked those tables over in there. Amen. So this is what he said after he closed the book. He said, today is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. This is what he said. In your ears, you can have this today. Everything in the Bible. He said this in the beginning of his ministry because John the Baptist and everything had come, everybody had come before him and preached the acceptable year of the Lord. They had preached the gospel. And so he's saying, look, I am here and I'm paying the price. You can have it today. Any scripture in here, you don't have to wait on a trans, wealth transfer. You can have it today. This is what he's saying. Amen. Hallelujah. Verse 22, so all bore witness to him and marveled at the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth. I know I read that before. And they said, is this Joseph's son? No. Hmm. He ain't nobody. Dirty old carpenter. No education. No, they got all the titles. Who's he? He don't have any titles. He ain't nobody. Verse 23, And he said to them, you will surely say this proverb to me, physician, heal thyself. Whatever we have heard done in Capernaum, do also here in your country. And then he said, assuredly, I say to you, no prophet is accepted in his own country. But I tell you truly, many widows were in Israel in the day of Elijah. Now listen to this. He says, you see how he jumped from them he knew that he knew what they were thinking you ain't nobody you don't have a doctor in front of your name we ain't listening to you you're a commoner you're nobody he says oh well you know i don't get no respect prophets don't get respect in their own hometown he cut the they didn't get that they didn't get it so he's saying that don't bother me because i i don't go by titles you can call me rabbi master teacher whatever i don't care all right then he says something that's foundational, and I lost where I was. 
Okay, 25. He says, but I tell you the truth, many widows were in Israel in the days of Elijah when the heavens were shut up for three years. Remember when Elijah called that, that drought and then undrouted the place? Hallelujah. That's when he told that servant, go out and find a cloud. Hallelujah. He says, in the days of Elijah, he says, when the heavens were shut up for three years or six months, and there was a great famine throughout all the land, but to none of them was Elisha sent except the woman of Zarephath. Hallelujah. In the region of Sidon, to a woman who was a widow. And in other words, you know what he's saying? He said nobody believed and nobody got healed but her. That was the woman with the issue. He's saying, look, he jumped from, y'all don't believe. And then he says, you ain't by yourself. He said the gospel was preached and nobody got healed but her. And why did it say? Because of her faith. Her faith. So in other words, Jesus was saying, look, y'all. Y'all don't have no faith. Only one in this area, in this region, who got healed was a woman from Zarephath. She's the only one there that got healed. When that day when she crawled to touch his, if I can just touch, hallelujah. Nobody got healed. So he's saying, you ain't by yourself. This ain't nothing new. <laughs> I was going to say something, but I didn't. I didn't. Amen. This is some good stuff. And verse 26 says, but none of them was elijah was sent to but her see god already has your healing planned amen well why did he why didn't he plan more healings he couldn't find faith and and it took her to go to all the doctors and spend all of her money before she got faith but she did it amen the important thing is she did it she had faith and he told her he said lady your faith has made you whole verse 27 says and there were many lepers were in israel wait and many lepers were in israel in the time of elijah the prophet and none of them was cleansed except naaman the syrian and you know for yourself he almost didn't get it i don't want to take no dip in that dirty water and he named three other bodies of clean water. Can I go dip in that? And he said, no. Dip seven times in the muddy, dirty Jordan. You see what God does? He's never going to make sense to us, so quit trying to figure him out. He knows what he's doing, and he's going to have his way. He's going to have his way. Amen. So quit trying to make him do stuff your way. Because he's thinking about that. He don't care about that. And he'll let you keep on and keep on until you're 87. He will. But you will submit to him and his authority. Amen. Hallelujah. Where was I at? In verse 28, he says, so, so all those in the synagogue, when they heard these things, were filled with wrath. Mad. You know why? He talking parables. Because, see, their hearing wasn't right. Their thinking wasn't right. They was thinking wrong thoughts about him. 
hearts wasn't right towards him, full of flesh, full of ego, thought they knew it all, thought they wrote the book and he wrote the book. That's why he said what he said, and I just love it. So they were filled with wrath. Hallelujah. And really and truly, you know what he that he was really talking about there, expecting in. The fulfillment of prophecy. That's what he was talking This is what Jesus, he wasn't thinking about what they were thinking about. He was thinking about the fulfillment of prophecy. And he knew that he was part of that, that he had to go to that cross. So he was working the works of him that sent him while it was yet day. He was doing his part. He knew what he was doing. You need, we need to know who we are. We need to know God in his fullness. Well, what does that mean? Know him in the right way. Stop making God the heavy. He just don't want to do this. He want to do it. He wants to do it. And this is what the Lord is saying here. This is what he's saying. We have uh, put a stranglehold on signs and wonders and great and mighty deeds. And we've embraced the common. We've embraced what we're used to seeing. Because, see, we think God is as far as we can see him. We think God is as far as we can imagine. And we've, we've put him in this box. In other words, we've limited God. And he is saying that we need to deprogram, get our thinking right, and get our thinking right about him. Amen? Because he's not a man that he should lie. But we call him a liar every day. When we act and, and act like he's not going to do it and go to our plan B, you're calling God a liar anyway. And so he's saying, you're thinking wrong about me because my thoughts towards you are good all the time. So this is what he's saying. He's saying, quit embracing the common and learn to embrace the uncommon. And that's what you don't know, what you can't see. You have to see and hear this by the Spirit. Clear your mindset. And stop disqualifying the unfamiliar. Because that's what we do. And see, that's why we never see our expected end. We don't see it because we think it's not coming because our brains are so fragile to new things. And we don't allow God to do anything. We're afraid. Afraid of the new wine. We want him to pour it in with all this other crap. Well, he ain't doing it. You got to renew your mind in the word. And you got to expect him to come through for you. Because only two people in the region, in the days of Elisha, was the woman with the issue in the days of Elijah, 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 with the S. <laughs> Whatever. And that was naming the leper. Two people, because people will refuse to get their hearts changed. People refuse to get their expectation right. 
People refuse to trust God totally. See, the only way we're going to get total fulfillment is we totally trust God. It's an exchange. And so we need to understand this. This is black and white here. And this is the time to throw all your cards on the table. I remember my father, he was such a so smart, real brilliant man, and he was sneaky. You got to watch real smart people because they just want to outsmart you because this is what they do. And he used to play bid with, and I used to watch him. I could never play bid with. And when we would go to, you know, house parties in our family, they'd never want me and my husband. We ain't playing with Larry and Shirley. Nope, because they knew we couldn't play. And so sometimes my father and my sister Louise would beat everybody in the house. And so then they would say, come on, Larry and Shirley. Come on. We was just the placeholders. Okay. We couldn't play. But I learned. So you can learn something and know it and get it in here but not perform it because it just wasn't one of my things. I didn't like doing it. But I used to see him, and he would manipulate everybody's mind. And, and he would make you think that what was in your hand wasn't a winning card. And by the time he got finished with you, you throw it. He'd get you to throw it because he kept up with every card on the board. Everyone. I watched him for years, and I got it. And he kept those suits of every in, in his mind, and he was watching each person and what they had, what they played. And he could pretty much figure out who had what because he made them so nervous. And he would torture them and manipulate until he got them to throw that card out. But you know what he always was doing? Holding the winning card, holding that ace of spades. He always had it, and he kept it, and he wouldn't play it until the very end of the game. Now, he could have threw it in a little earlier and still won the game, but he didn't. He liked holding the trump card. I think that's what they called it. He liked holding it <laughs> for some reason. Amen. But he watched the game, and he learned how to do his thing. And he liked to, and I watched him manipulate people's mind, and he would make them think he didn't have that car, or he would make them think he had it when sometimes he didn't, but he almost always had that car because he learned how to manipulate everybody at the table. And even the people that would stand up around, you know how your helpers, and they would say, no, no, no people, what is those instigators or whatever. You got. Then my father said, let him. He didn't care. Bring all the help you need. You're going to need it. And the people would stand around, and they saw what people had in their hand, and but he would always win. And see, but but he did it with, yeah. And see, that's how Satan does people. Always trying to manipulate you. Always make you think he got something that sometimes he didn't have that ace of spades, but you always thought he did. Because most of the time he did, because people succumb to his manipulation. Amen. Got to watch them. Amen. Because <laughs> they refused to clean up their thinking. And so he would go into a game innocent. I would see the raggedy hand he would have sometimes. But people got so programmed into thinking, he going to beat us. Because they, they refused to change their thinking. So he just ran with it. 
that's how the devil does us. If you refuse to change how you think, if you think you defeated already before you even get into the race, like he would say, rise and fall, rise and, what is that, rise and, I knew you knew, rise and fly. And sometimes, and when me and my husband would sit down, he would just say, get out, get up. And he would throw the cards in. Let me tell you one, and I caught him, I used to watch him. He would throw a hand in before it was it was still some game because it was easier for him to make people think you're going to lose anyway. Give it up now. And a lot of times I saw a losing hand that he was holding get thrown into the table because he ruled that table. He, he ran that thing. Amen. He did. He ran it because he studied people. And I watched him do it, but I turned it into good. But he would rise and fly. So in other words, but see, this is how the devil will make you want to. See, he gets you to embrace the common. You're going to lose. Get up. Rise and fly. Embrace the common. Amen. Are y'all here today? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. So we need to look for new things. God is full of new things. He's doing new things. God is doing new things all the time. But he's going to have his way. This is no, in other words, God is not going to let us make him mess up. He's just saying, these people, I love them, I made them, but they refuse to change how they think. But this is a season where, you know, the harvest, the Lord of the harvest, has sent sent out so many people um, to bring the people in, because He's the Lord of the harvest, and He knows whose hearts are tender and ripe for salvation. God has been working on these people for years, and see, we all we do is sit and try to watch people. Hmm. They don't look like they're ready for salvation because we sit in judgment. Too. We, we're too busy looking and we can't see. Amen. Because we've allowed Satan to manipulate how we think. And he's so used to doing it. But he don't like, just like those um, religious people, those Pharisees in that church didn't like Jesus. He didn't say very much. He had just started his ministry. He was a newcomer. All he said is the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. And they didn't like him. But he knew. He already had that understanding of what his mission was. And when you know your mission, people won't like you. Get used to it. Get, and, and feel comfortable in that. Amen. Knowing that God will bring your enemies to naught. Amen. Not, and you know, nobody wants enemies, but... You know, you can still love them. Love them, but watch them. <laughs> and all it is just, a, I, I forgive, but I don't forget. That's not forgiveness, people. That is not forgiveness. That's witchcraft. Amen. Let me, let me go home. <laughs> Hallelujah. Father, bless your people today. We thank you for your word. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah.
We bless your word, Father. We love your people. Father, thank you for loving us. Thank you for not forgetting. Thank you for our expected end. Hallelujah. Father, we repent when we don't think right of you. Wrong thoughts towards you. Making you responsible for our mistakes. Making you responsible for things when they're not going well. Knowing that you tempt no man. Satan is the tempter. And Lord, we repent and we thank you, Father. And we humble ourselves under your authority, your divine authority, and your divine power. And we bless you, Father. Hallelujah. We need to pray for somebody. Who was that?